0: Konnichiwa, or if it's morning for you, Ohio gozaimasu from Tokyo, Japan. I wanted to start this podcast off as my dear girls podcast. Um, Tokyo is a very special place to me. This is where my mom and dad met when my father was in the US military. He met a beautiful woman at a place called Kamakura and it's a big giant Buddha at a Buddhist temple here in Japan. My mother was studying to be a Japanese school teacher, and she happened to go check out a temple, the big Buddha. It's called the great Buddha of Kamakura. I highly recommend everybody going to it one day. My father was in the U S Navy and he was with two other guys on his squad, or whatever they are in the Navy, and they all went to go visit the Great Buddha of Kamakura that day. And the remarkable thing about their meeting is that it was perfectly imperfect. It was an off chance that the two of them would meet, and truly for my father to be captivated by this woman. I mean, my mom is superwoman, so... She definitely probably charmed him, but wasn't trying to at all, which I think is the best part about being a woman is if a man really wants you or a woman, they are going to come after you and you don't have to worry about a thing. So when I was five, my parents took me here. Um, It's the first place that my tiny little five-year-old feet touched the ground in a foreign country. And if you can imagine 30 years ago, what it was like in Japan, it was much, much different. There was barely any tourism. My father would get approached for autographs and pictures all the time because he's a tall white guy. And uh, it was just so different in the 80s. And um, growing through the last three decades here in Tokyo and writing about my heritage and my background now is so unique. Thank you guys for writing your questions today from Tokyo. I'll make sure to answer them today on the pod. So stay tuned for those. Um, and also, I just wanted to say thank you for your feedback regarding um, just the Nagasaki episode. That was episode 20, guys. If you haven't checked it out, please hit up 20. It was so good. It was hard for me to conduct that interview because it was the first time I had ever interviewed somebody who had survived um, an atomic bomb and wore it that with such a direct traumatic circumstance so if you feel like you have it bad episode 20 puts life into a perspective for you to see That is important for us to learn about because what happens when we read about other people's stories or we listen to other people's stories or we watch other people's stories is that the human heart can then become empathetic and compassionate. I hate to say this, but sometimes when people have a really easy life, they don't have much compassion or empathy for others. I made sure that Mr. Nishi, the atomic bomb survivor I interviewed at 87 years old, knew that I supported him by just simply putting my hand on his back. Later on in the day, we sat together next to each other in the green grass with sunshine before this crazy uh, typhoon hit us in Japan. It was just, it was like a moment in time for me to realize like how important being a child of war and a bridge and a messenger between the U.S. and Japan, how important my role is here. And I want you to really think about the depths on this Dear Girls episode about your calling and your line of work that you'd like to do that can make you feel good. It could really be anything, but a lot of times our past often does dictate our future. And I write about that a lot because my past was not easy and it wasn't terrible. It was just a very rocky, unpaved road that being the golden girl of wellness, quote unquote, by Ellen and and Forbes and all these magazines, that, that was not a title that was given to me for fun or because it was cute and fluffy. It was an honorable title that was given to me because I earned it. So this Dear Girls episode, I want to start off because there's so much in media that's going on right now. And what's happening is, is we're not supporting women enough. And I know that you guys listen to many other podcasts and a lot of them might be from men, which is okay. But remember, if you continue to put them on a pedestal the way that you have for the last fucking, the last few centuries, then we will never be able to have equal anything. We still make less money. We're still criticized against. We're still not believing women when they speak out, which is detrimental to us being able to move forward. And so today I'd like to remind you what it's like to be a girl in a boys club and how I worked my way through it with just really, really simple techniques and traditional strategies that I learned from my Japanese ancestors, and they can help you. The reason why my sister and I are both entrepreneurs is because we didn't actually foresee ourselves working under somebody telling us what to do. My parents both um, have jobs where they have bosses. You know, my mom's a Japanese language teacher. My dad was a nuclear auditor. Before that, he was in the U.S. Navy. It wasn't like they were entrepreneurial. It was the fact that they raised us to be so independently graceful, respectful, and hardworking that moved us forward. So if you can think about the word grace, it's more of a feminine word and a lot of us can use grace and give grace. It's free and it's really attainable. And one of the first ways we can do that too is by supporting more female-based podcasts, buying more female-based books, and supporting more women when you see them on media outlets and TV. I remind you of this in most of my pods because it's really important. I come from a agency, Willie Morris, um, IMG, and I proudly have been with the agency longer than any other boyfriend I've ever had or any other job I've ever held. Um, and I'm saying that while I'm laughing because it's so crazy that people think that I have this perfect life. The, the reason why I started this podcast as Wabi Sabi was because everything has been perfectly imperfect the road that I paved along the way was side by side with these agents that were really in a boys club. I had very few female agents on my team. And the coolest part about my evolution with the agency is it went from WMA, the William Morris Agency, to WME, William Morris Endeavor, to now WME IMG. So we are worldwide and I do have representation here in Tokyo, which is why I'm out here for a longer duration of time. And there's a lot that I'm going to teach you guys in today's episode about the bravery of being uncomfortable that I'm going to start focusing on with my next endeavors. Most of the women that came onto my team came on later in the game. And what happened was they would sit me down and give me these really great powwows. And the thing is, is like Annie McNichol and Eve Aderman, my two literary agents, They women can sit other women down with grace, with integrity, with grit, with a feminine energy that men don't have. So when you have a sisterhood of women around you, do not take it for granted, please, whatever you do. I even came out here to Tokyo and I specifically meet with my female friends out here because they will understand me more than the men in Japan will. And I have American friends that live here. I have Japanese friends that live here. I have family in Tokyo and Kyushu. And this place is a part of my anthem. And my love letter to you today, dear girls, is about not letting the boys, the discouragement, the financial pangs, the struggles, the fucking bullshit to get in your way. Truly, if I could tell you every story about how I was treated at the beginning during Top Chef or Iron Chef, there are many things that were in- incredibly unfair. I never wanted to also have a restaurant. It was just never my thing. Like I had mentioned before in previous episodes, I worked as a line cook I was so glad that I did it and paid for culinary school on my own and invested in my own education after college. I did those things because I invested in myself and at very young ages of like 22, 23, 24, I did things to bricklay a really solid foundation. I did not have a boyfriend or a husband to be my safety net. I never did. And so if you're like me, or even if you're not like me, please learn from every step of my journey. It has not been easy. It has been terrifyingly difficult. And with my move out of New York, which is ripping myself out of my comfort zone, coming to Japan, and now launching a new media company here, do you know how scary that is? It's fucking scary, guys. Let me tell you. I also don't have an apartment right now, which is fucking crazy, but I cannot focus on what I don't have. I can't focus on the what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? Oh my God, I need to get married and have kids. All of these things that people pressure you or tell you you should be doing or talk shit to you. I still can't get over this friend that I had from college trying to tell me what to do with my life. And I was like, yo, bitch, I am fucking seeing you launching three businesses under your belt and working with the same agents for 10 years, fucking killing it with six books. Just saying. Let your resume speak for itself. Don't tell other people how they should live their life. Live your life freely. Fucking worry about yourself. I know I say that in almost every episode, but I want you guys to take fucking ownership and responsibility for your own life and do not project your shit onto other people. If you have somebody you know in your life that's trying to tell you what to do, how to live, what to eat, where to go, if they pick on you for any reason, if they make you feel uncomfortable, if they're belittling you, if they're talking down to you, if they're being condescending, if they're not supportive, fuck them. Seriously. Block, bless, goodbye. Just say bye. You do not need to carry people into your life that do not deserve to be there. You are an honorable woman and human being. You are an incredible person with a big heart. You do not need to hold on to people that make you feel terrible. I'm going to read you a little quote that's going to start off this podcast because it is so important for me to share with you a note that really struck a chord with me this week. So we all know what's going on um, with the Supreme Court and I don't want to get into it because it's very, very sad. Um, It's not something that I thought was going to happen and I was in Japan when President Trump was also elected and now I'm here again when um, this final decision was made and it's just a shame. But you know what? I want to remind you guys when you are an entrepreneur, when you are a woman of honor and integrity and grace, you will lose more than you will win. Trust me. Okay, so Glennon Doyle and Amy Schumer posted this throughout the week and it said, Survivors, Warriors, no matter how the vote goes, I give you Atticus. I wanted you to know, Jem, That courage is not a man with a gun in his hand. Courage is when you know you're licked, but you begin anyway, and you see it through. You don't often win, but sometimes you do. It says afterwards, Lee. Now, what I know is that our perception of what courage and bravery is needs to change. Please look at women who are running it in the U.S. government, in your government. Please look at women who are doing honorable things with their life. Don't just look up to celebrities and models and people with money and power and beauty. Look to those who are doing big things with their life. Please measure one by the gifts that they bring The support and the help, the comfort and the love they bring to others. That is immeasurable. Without a shadow of a doubt, if we don't support these women, the men will keep taking advantage of us. It says again, you can't forget these words because to me, they really struck home for so many of us. Courage is not a man with a gun in his hand. Courage is when you know you're licked, but you begin anyway. And you see it through. You don't often win, but sometimes you do. If I told you that there were women on the production side of Top Chef that hated me after we wrapped because I fell in love with a cameraman and they were terrible to me for the years after, I was a young girl at 22 and they shunned me from the show afterwards because I happened to fall in love completely after we were wrapped from the show with a cameraman who was on the show with us. No, he and I are still, we're not together and we don't speak now, but the pain and the trauma of being a 22 year old girl that was not part of this awesome brand actually worked out into my favor because what happened was I didn't keep myself in that Bravo hub forever. I took myself out and I grew and I expanded my brand on my own. I didn't stay in the safe harbor. I did not win that battle but sometimes afterwards after the pain and the trauma I won. You know the story if you listen to my podcast about how Food Network gave me a pilot. They had me interview with three production companies in LA. We shot a pilot almost 10 years ago. Everybody was getting their show. Mine went straight to the top. Everyone thought it was a shoe in It didn't happen for me. Sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. When it came to... The last 10 years of my career, I watched from afar and also in the woods and in the city. So many people try to join and be a part of the food and wellness industry. So many people had investors, so many people had rich boyfriends or husbands, or maybe they were celebrities and you know what? They became so successful in this space all i could do was support them wholeheartedly and be happy for them while everybody else got their shows you probably don't know this but i was also on some of the final rounds of casting for the two for the fab life um gosh and many other shows i was always there and i always made the roster sometimes you win Sometimes you just don't make the final cut. And you know what, dear girls? Just because you don't make it 150% of the time doesn't mean you don't give that. Give, give, give 150 every time. In Japanese culture, we call this Kaizen. Continuously improving. Going up the ladder. When I was younger, I used to write for all the health and wellness mags too. You know what? The biggest win for me was the experience that I had with everybody at the mags. The hardest experience for me was having to break a contract when I had everything made. I think what was difficult for me was I made money, I was writing for everybody I loved and I was put into a difficult situation where I wanted to break away from the brand and I broke a contract and I did it with legal help. It was not easy. It was actually terrible. So dear girls, might I remind you, sometimes you need support and love and help and we can find that in each other, but mostly You are going to have to find that on your own. Now, I'm sure you're all wondering many different questions now. And you're so welcome to write to me on my comments on my latest post on Instagram with your questions and what you want to hear about. And please send me feedback on Instagram comments and also on iTunes reviews. I read all of them. And your positivity is fucking awesome. I can't thank you guys enough for that. My hands on my heart you are so special. It's time to take a deep breath right now. And one more. And lastly, one more. It's time to start thinking of life through a different perspective. What you're seeing right now before you is a pinhole compared to the open lens that you could see and breathe and live in life. Dear girls, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. You can forge your own path. You can pioneer. You can live wherever you want. You can definitely make things happen when I was 22, 23, I launched my own business because I didn't really want to do what other people wanted me to do. I couldn't see myself working for somebody else. And I just really had this creative streak inside of me that was undeniably blossoming. And whether I knew where my career would go or not, and guess what? I didn't know where it was going to go, not psychic. I just had this fucking crazy faith that everything was going to work out and being in the middle of Tokyo right now and studying Japanese and also working on the launch of the production company, writing for Vogue, focusing on a lot of my different dreams that are happening right now. It meant that I had to create change and refocus my energy on the small wins I do have And also the notion that like not everything is going to be gloriously glittering with gold. I make everything look pretty, but it doesn't mean that my life is. I'm alone. I travel a lot alone. Most of my business endeavors are just me. I obviously have ups and downs like you. I have body issues like you. I totally sometimes think that I look like absolute shit, (laughs) especially after a night of partying with my friends. Um, And I, I do not look like a fucking Asian Barbie doll every day, I'll tell you that. I'm just being totally real with you guys. And you know that I'll always continue to be this way. I cry on like every single pod because in a weird way, you listening to me is cathartic. I suppose that I was born a storyteller, even though I didn't even know that that was going to be my thing. You must intuitively follow your gut and your heart, your head. You must be smart. You must be smarter than the boys. And you know what? One of the most beautiful and dangerous things in this world is a smart, beautiful woman. Dear girls, you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. We see life through a microscopic pinhole. The present moment is a gift and I want you to open it up today. And I want you to start looking at life in a different perspective. I went to meditate with a Zen priest in Kyoto earlier this month and what he taught us was a story of three blind men that were touching an elephant. And one was at the ear, and one was at a leg, and one was at a tail. And they were each veiling the elephant. And they could describe the elephant in a completely different way. And supposedly there was a man who was watching them all, and he began to laugh because he noticed that each of them weren't seeing the bigger picture of what and who and how and and where and just everything about this elephant. They were only seeing one tiny portion of the big picture. One must not forget perception versus reality. They're not all what you think. They're not mutually equal. Every person on this planet has a different set of eyes. What we foresee is beautiful, successful, lovely, fabulous, all of that. That's all different. Everything is in the eye of the beholder. Respect where everybody's coming from. I know you already treat the boys with respect because that's how we were raised in our culture. But men, if you're listening, you need to do the same thing for girls we're not a fucking walking pussy for you to dick around with all the time. We're actually quite remarkable creatures. I would like to think hot as fuck too. So anyways... um I also think I'm going to be 28 forever. just put it out there. I may be smart as fuck and know what I'm doing in my business space and pioneering wellness and books and mags and media and content and everything. But I also very much have been discriminated against my entire career. I have had somebody that I even worked with one day at the Ritz-Carlton write me a letter about why I was judging on Iron Chef America and how I didn't deserve to be there You know what? I read that fucking letter and I could not believe my eyes and cried, cried my eyes out. I was with a girlfriend on the Golden Gate Bridge. Actually, we were driving across it together and she said, you better fucking throw that email in the garbage. Now I can't remember this guy's name because it's not that important, but when I do, it's really sad because I actually would never go after him, but I did tell him, I said, you know what? This email is so incredibly hurtful. I started judging on Iron Chef America at 29 and he didn't understand that there's casting directors and there are many different ways to become a judge on Iron Chef America and I think writing multiple books in health and wellness and being an editor at multiple magazines and living in New York City and cooking on the line and going to culinary school and writing thousands of recipes over the last 15 years might accredit me to be okay to be an Iron Chef judge. But I don't know, homeboy. If this ever gets back to you, you used to be a trainer at the Ritz-Carlton and I seriously wish you the best. You can't go after people just because you're jealous or envious or maybe you're feeling pain and inflicting it on others check yourself but also ladies when somebody comes after you like that you must be graceful be a bigger person it's the harder thing to do but I fucking promise you I promise you I promise somebody is taking notes and whether it's heaven or hell Or Buddha taking you up to the heavens one day. Maybe it's the universe. I don't care if it's karma. It's all good. It's all good. Focus on the positive in your life. I want you to always be honest and be kind. Remember, the simple gestures in life are the ones that will get you by. Don't overcomplicate things, be a good person. And above all things, love yourself like your best friend. I wrote a manifesto for you guys because it was important for me to share with you the love that I have for all of you. Now, while I can't read you the whole thing, because I have to answer your questions. (laughs) My God, sorry, I get so carried away. I feel like Buddha or somebody like lives inside of me and like comes out. It's so crazy. Isn't that fucking crazy? It's like the weirdest thing. It must be this like weird teacher in me. Anyways, I am going to read you the manifesto. Oh, by the way, my book came out in the Netherlands. If you're from Amsterdam, hit me up. I want to come out there. So cool. Um, and they called it like the wellness guide to Japanese culture, which was like, yo, you better get it girl. And by girl, I mean me, but you know, in third person, Candace K, you better get it girl. So they, they called the book something in, I don't know, it says like Kintsugi something in the Netherlands, but they also made the book cover pink. So it would stand out with the gold cracks so I would love for you guys to check it out. If you Google like Keenski Wellness Netherlands by Candice Kumai, it'll come up. And if you never listen to my podcast, you should know I am a six-time best-selling author and a badass fucking bitch. So thanks. Okay, here's the manifesto. <laughs> I'm making this into a poster for you. And we're going to sell it along with cookies that we're launching professionally, distributing them this fall. So, get ready, guys. It's going to help to support this podcast and all of my media endeavors in Tokyo, LA, and New York. Pack your bags and go. Life won't wait for you. It's not going to give you a perfect time. And if you want to forge a new path, this is your time to do it. If you want to make it, quote unquote, stop talking about it. Put your head down and work. Show, don't tell let go of every expectation. Stop comparing your life to others. Numbers are not a measurement of success. Love and let live. You are entitled to the life of your dreams. All things are perfectly imperfect. Wabi-sabi. Simplify as much as you possibly can. Do not engage in gossip. It is garbage. Stay away from people that don't make you feel good. Laugh a lot more. It's free. Unpaid work can be just as fulfilling. Try to stick to deadlines. Be on time. Life cannot and will not. Oh, sorry, there's a typo on here. Oh, my Lord, Jesus. Oh, dear. Britt, there's a typo on here. (laughs) We have to fix it oh uh, sorry be on time life cannot and will not live without oh it's light not life oh my lord okay light cannot and will not live without the darkness be good to your real friends you'll know exactly who they are because they're with you constantly in your heart be supportive of others simplify as much as you possibly can I might have read that one already Variety is the best spice in life. Respect others who work hard. Lead with love. Fear is the mind's way of acknowledging ideas to your potential. Don't listen to anyone else's playbook. This life is yours. Fuck the rules. Pioneers are rule breakers with fancier titles. Do things that make you happy. There is no perfect time, but rather the free opportunity to grow. Everything is perfectly imperfect. Now the full manifesto will be available for you soon, so get ready. I love you guys. I'm going to answer some questions now. Word up! I wish we could add some sound effects to this, but my god, I'm way too busy to like even try. So I'm doing as much as I can for you and happy to. Louise Pamela wrote, how do you love singledom? Well, I fucking love it because I do whatever the fuck I want. Thanks for the question. Um, Oliver stuff. your favorite beer and ramen shops and any craft beer, crafts and stationery and tattooing. Hey, Oliver, for real. Um, I think... The best place that I've been to around Japan, uh, Shimokitazawa is my favorite so far. So if you can come to Shimokitazawa, it's probably the more cool place, I think. Um, and I also will have a city guide coming out for you. Not much of a Japanese beer person, but I do recommend Yabizu beer. Here you would say Ebisu It's pronounced ibisu, even though there's a Y in front of it. And they don't say beer here, they say biru So if you wanted to order two beers, you'd say, Futatsu biru Kudasai. Mm, also, I love Japanese whiskey, and I'll probably be doing more of a guide on that. So, sorry for being such a boss-ass bee, but I really love that. Also, yes, um, there's a lot of cool tattoos here, but I want you guys to remember the Yakuza are all tattooed up here in Japan. (laughs) So you need to be careful. You're not allowed in onsen. If you have a ton of tattoos, it scares them because they think you're Yakuza. Yakuza is Japanese gangster. Okay travel advice, cities for a small town girl. Well, I mean, Abby, you want to hit up Osaka, Kyoto. If you can go to Kyushu, I recommend going to Beppu, my mom's hometown, Okinawa. And also everybody lands in Tokyo, so you got to check it out. Tokyo is not where you really want to fall in love. It's where you live and you fucking work it. But you want to fall in love in places like Kyoto, Osaka, and all over Japan. There's many other places. If you pick up my book, Kintsugi Wellness... There's a whole travel guide section in the back where I go to Noto, Niigata, Sado Island, Shikoku, Beppu, Okinawa, Kamakura, Uh, Yokosuka is where my dad was stationed a long time ago. I'm obviously in Tokyo right now. Osaka is fucking amazing. I miss that place. But explore, dream, discover. Japan is your oyster. Would you date Japanese men? Missy USA asked that. Oh, sorry. That last question for travel advice was Sungye Naomi. Okay. Missy with fives as your S's USA. Would you date Japanese men and have you? Great question. Yeah, of course I would. I actually really would love Japanese babies. They're so cute. But I tend to date Hapa men, which are half Japanese, half American like myself, Um, they're really cool and we have so much in common because of the way that we grew up. So if any of you guys know a good Hapa man, hit me up. He could be Korean and white. He could be Hawaiian and white. Doesn't really matter. I'm just, you know, wanting the cute babies. I mean, everybody should live life and date it with an open mind. Best clothing shops and toy stores from HSK on the run. Okay, so, um, Shimotika. Shimokitazawa again is another good place to go to for clothing. Toy Store is really interesting all over Japan. There's kawaii things. So I recommend Harajuku if you really love cute things, um, craziness, and people that are all dressed up. It's good for people watching. There's a loop here in Japan, it's a train loop on the JR line that takes you in a circle. And you virtually could do anything from like Ueno Park to Meiji Shrine to Harajuku to Shinjuku to Shimokitazawa, Like all in one day if you wanted to. I wouldn't go that crazy. But also um, for you foodies, a furiramen is really great because it's well known. They're also going to be opening in Portland, which is super cool. Um, If anybody works with them, they can totally DM me. I'd love to support that endeavor along with my matcha endeavors. But thank you guys for your questions. Um, We're going to do more questions like that throughout the podcast so I can answer them very quickly as we go. I want to be here for you to support you through your next steps. So here's what I want you to do for this week. I want you to tell somebody that you're close to a woman A girl, whoever it is, just tell them you love them and you support them. I always let my friends know this week it was Crystal and it was Lee and it was Karina. I was like, I'm so happy for you. I love you and I support you in all of your endeavors. I let Cecilia, Jacqueline, and Caroline, who are on my team, know how fucking awesome they are constantly. doesn't matter if I'm paying people or not. I expect high quality work and integrity. Gambate, ne? which is the Japanese term for always do your best, do your best, do your best, do your best. I don't care where the boys are going. Do not fucking follow them. Carve your own path. You are different. Stop taking business advice from men who don't fucking know how women have to play this game 10 times harder. Do you know how hard I've had to work to get to where I am? 10 times harder than the boys is the fucking answer. All right. Now that I'm all fired up, I'm supposed to go on a hot date for ramen right now. So I need to go do that right now. But I love you guys. I want you to go and write something fucking crazy on my Instagram comments right now. I need you to tell three friends to follow me and share this pod, screenshot it while you're listening to it and play it. People will think you're cool. Okay. You are cool. Love you so much. You're also hot and fabulous and amazing. And I love you and I'm in Tokyo and I'm fucking living it up. Time for afuri ramen, beer, and meetings. Gonna go crush it. Love you. Have a great week. Keep being a badass motherfucker. Bye. Or as we say in Japan. (laughs) Hai, ki o tsukete ne. Jaa ne. Sayonara.